Good morning. I got my wife's cup here. Her name's Sunny. Anyways, uh, glad you could join me this morning. Uh, grab your Bible, a uh, cup of coffee maybe, and we're going to jump into Daniel chapter 4 this morning. And before we do that, um, it's one of these things as a Bible teacher, and if any of you guys have had the privilege of teaching uh, the Word of God, um, which we all really should become teachers at some point in our walk as we are maturing. Uh, God's asked us to go make disciples of all people. Well, Pastor, all I know is uh, John 3.16. Great. You got a great passage of scripture to teach somebody uh, to share with them. Um, but oftentimes, um, I found at least in my own life, walking through uh, different books of the Bible, passages, themes, uh, God often has me walking through those things um, personally. Um, and oftentimes the word brings a lot of application and just hits home, hits in a very real way. And it is one of those things I do, I do pray often that God would be working in my heart. Um, it's, it's one of those things, guys, truth is truth. It doesn't matter uh, what we uh, are experiencing or how much we have grasped. Uh, God's word never returns void. Uh, but there is something, and I can tell when I listen to other preachers' sermons, I can tell when the words actually touched a brother's heart or not. Um, and it's one of those things, you know, I do pray that God... Uh, does work in my heart his word before I preach it and I've been feeling so much that way uh, in the study here of Daniel together with you guys and it's not all easy but I feel very privileged and honored um, that God is faithful we know that he's sovereign uh, before we jump in let's pray real quick father thank you so much for your faithfulness thank you so much for your word for the book of Daniel here and this morning as we consider pride and uh, just dealing with really heart issues. Uh, I pray that your Holy Spirit would examine us, that we'd be real before you, be vulnerable before you. God, we know you know best. Lord, we know you give grace to the humble. So we are coming before you. We are a, a needy people as always. And we're so thankful that you are a good God you are a giver of all good things. We thank you for your word here this morning. So we invite you to come. Give us ears to hear. Speak to our hearts. We ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at chapter 4 now. We'll get through the whole chapter here. Uh, but we see a second dream uh, that Nebuchadnezzar has. And it accomplishes a few things. Three things I saw here. It warned uh, Nebuchadnezzar of his pride, uh, foremost. Secondly, it uh, exposed the incompetency of the magicians. And thirdly, it gave Daniel um, another opportunity to glorify his God. Uh, so here is what God was trying to tell uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, uh, through Daniel. And it, it makes me think of... Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Um, the Talmud, that's uh, a collection of writings by a bunch of different rabbinical uh, teachers. 
Um, one of them says Absalom was vain about his hair, therefore was hanged by his hair. And another that we found uh, in the Talmud <coughs> is, if every man becomes proud, let him remember that a mosquito, for us who live in Wisconsin, we know all about those, remember that the mosquito preceded him in the divine order of creation. I like that. Uh, so just speaking to pride a little bit there. Every now and then, um, you will meet a man who enjoys the reputation of being the most remarkable person that he knows. And that's kind of what Nebuchadnezzar uh, was having issues with. So let's take a read here. Um, we'll get through the first 18 verses uh, and then we'll pause. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and the wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His king kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. And I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head, they troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians and the astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers, they came in and they told Told, or I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last, Daniel, here he is again, he came before me, his name Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. I love that. And I told the dream before him, saying, verse 9, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know the spirit of the holy God is in you. And no secret troubles you. Explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth. And its height was great. The tree grew became strong its height reached the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth its leaves were lovely its fruit abundant and in it was food for all the beasts of the field they found shade under it the birds of the heavens they dwelt in the branches and all flesh fed from it i saw in the vision on my head while i was or on my bed and there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He cried aloud, and he said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it, let the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, the stump and the roots in the ground leave the stump and the roots in the ground or the earth bound 
with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts. On the grass of the earth, let the heart be changed from that of man. Let him be given a heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rulesing the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he will and he sets over it the lowest of men in verse 18 this dream i king nebuchadnezzar have seen now you belteshazzar declared interpretation since all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me in the interpretation, but you are able for the spirit of the holy God is in, in you. So I believe if you look at the first, first few verses here, um, I believe there's a true conversion that took place um, here with Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and it's recorded uh, by this once diabolical king. So Nebi's writing here, uh, it all began eight years ago. Uh, verse 4 is very interesting because this all takes place uh, at, at rest or while flourishing. So things were going good for him and that's when all of this uh, takes place. And just like before, uh, none of these guys could give an answer to the king except for Daniel, right? Because the spirit of the holy God was in him. I love it. You guys know, I think it's 1 Timothy 3.15 that the church, okay, uh, is to be a pillar in our society of truth. Okay, we should have answers. Um, and it's one of those things, do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? Like literally God is in us. Uh, we have his Holy Spirit and he will guide us into all uh, truth. And there are things, and I think some of us get that and understand that because we look at things going on all around us in the world and we're just like, what's going on? What are you guys thinking? Can you not see uh, what's needed here? Um, anyways, verse 15. Uh, I want to camp on this for a moment because I, I think this is the big... Uh, the big nugget, let's say, or point uh, here. Nevertheless, leave the stump and the roots in the earth. So there's a, a stump, a stump of hope uh, here. A stump means not wiped out completely. Uh, across the street, um, my neighbor cut huge tree, huge tree. Uh, cut it way down, maybe six feet. Okay, this thing was probably 30 feet tall at one point, all over, just massive. Cut the whole thing down, and there just stood a stump. Nothing, no more branches, no more uh, leaves, no nothing. Just big old stump. And a few years later, this thing is just flourishing all over the place. Huge tree uh, once again. Um, Isaiah 42.3 says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench um, or as the message translation says he won't brush aside the bruised and hurt 
in the hurt and he won't disregard the small and the insignificant. Um, so there's other times, guys, we hear that not even a stump is left in Scripture. See, we see here um, God leaving, you know, it may be small, but he's leaving something. A, a hope is given. In Mark 11:20, is not the case. Now in the morning, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots. So have you had your tree trimmed lately? Uh, not a pleasant thing, okay? Pruning, none of us like it, uh, but that's what allows growth, okay? Kind of like my neighbor's tree, back to the stump, okay? Had some big branches, you know, just a few of them, you know, got huge, way out, um, but now this whole thing is like filling in, it is full, it looks like a normal uh, tree, which is kind of cool. Um, but the point is, um, God loves us, okay? He loves us a lot. Um, and he's called us to grow. Or grow to, we're called to grow in the grace and the knowledge of who Jesus is. Um, and maybe you have been cut down to a stump. And there's a purpose in that. Um, and I want to encourage you, if you feel that way, if you've been cut down, look up, Stumpy. Uh, there's always hope. In Christ Jesus and we can praise him in those hard times when we are being pruned when we are being brought low for he's not completely taking you out um, he's doing a work there is good yet ahead so verse 18 Nebuchadnezzar here uh, he has this assurance in Daniel being a man of God uh, that he could and would interpret the dream. So let's go on. And I love that Daniel is the only interpreter here. Verse 19, then Daniel, whose name is or was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let your dreams or its interpretations trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, May the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached the heavens, which cannot be seen by all, or which could be seen by all of the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant in which was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home it is you O king who have grown and become strong for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens in your dominion to the end of the earth and inasmuch as the king saw a watcher a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon the Lord, the King. 
They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Verse 24, And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be lengthening of your prosperity. So, verse 19, the king braced himself here. Uh, first, I wish it wasn't true, okay? He's saying, but Daniel had, uh, I think that feeling a doctor has when he has to go to a patient and tell them that they are terminally ill. Um, it's always hard to share bad news like that. And it's not easy to give a message like that, but Proverbs 16, 7, right? When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So we're told in verse 23 here, a band of iron and bronze. Uh, that's God's merciful boundaries in our lives. Uh, it's God saying, I'll allow you to be cut down to a stump, but no further, okay? Just to there. There's still going to be hope. So no one can touch you anymore, is what he's saying. No one can touch you, my precious daughter. No one can, you know, abuse you anymore, my son. And then I'm going to build you up again. In verse 25, no matter what position that we may have in this life, uh, God gave it to us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that he is sovereign? Uh, till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. Uh, a lot of us trip out, unfair, why them? Submit to those authorities. Do you believe that God is sovereign. If you struggle with those things, you do not believe that God is in control, that he is sovereign. Um, verse 26, uh, sometimes as we consider the grace of God, um, his grace here raises them again, yet not always. Okay, we need to remember, okay, that we need to humble ourselves, at least to be cut down, right? Verse 27, uh, it's called dealing with your stuff. We need to be real. Uh, sin needs to be dealt with. So basically here, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you're the problem. You're the problem. It's easy for us to point the finger and say it's everybody else's problem or they're doing, but we need to be real, okay? Neb, you're the you're the problem here. Break off your sins is what Daniel says. So to break off or to break in pieces, hence to separate 
completely, to disjoin, to put off at a distance. So have you broken it clean off? That's the question. Not leaving any little bit of it. See, you can't ease off of sin, okay? Or ease out of sin. You must go cold turkey, okay? That's the beauty of repentance. It's a turning from and a turning to God. So we turn from our sin and we are turning to uh, God. So you have to turn it off completely. Um, repentance is not just slowing down, guys. It's the speed in which we're traveling. It, it's determining to move in total different direction all together. Um, it's changing, okay? Different path. And that's what we do when we come to Christ. You know, we're on a path to death, okay? Destruction, hell. But when we repent and we turn to Christ, we are on a path to eternal life. Uh, so by being righteous and by showing mercy to the poor, that's one of those things. Break off your sins and be righteous. Wow, show mercy to the poor. I love that. Again, I want to read this to you in the message. It says, so king, take my advice. Make a clean break with your sins and start living for others. Quit your wicked life and look after the needs of the down and the out. Then you will continue to have a good life. Um, and this is something that Jesus has asked us to do. I mean, there's a whole bunch of scripture uh, that speaks to lending to the Lord. Um, and we do that by taking care of the poor. Um, God has a heart. He's asked us uh, to do justice. Okay, And part of that uh, is seeing a brother in need and actually going and, and helping. So I, wanna, I want us to notice uh, one of the signs of losing a cultural battle uh, of Babylon here is when a community forgets to take care of or to show mercy to the poor. Um, and secondly, guys, when we lose track of our own spiritual poverty, that's going to be a result. Um, do we care for our neighbor? Uh, we need to. So perhaps meaning here, maybe God would intervene. Maybe that's what he means by perhaps. But I want us to note that Daniel approached the king with tact. Uh, he was specific and he was honest here. And he gave the king hope. He gave the king hope. And I think as we share the hope that we have uh, with others, we need to be honest uh, and truthful in that sharing. Uh, sometimes we don't like that conflict. Sometimes uh, we don't want to be those, uh, you know, who cause conflict. Um, but we need to be honest and specific uh, with people. So another question, what shape or size does pride come in your life? Uh, I think we need to recognize it for what it is. Um, be able to see it, especially <laughs> as it's coming, so we can uh, deal with. Uh, also, I want us to suppose Daniel um, was standing before you. Uh, what prideful attitudes would God have him point out to you? 
Maybe it's stubbornness, uh, conceit, uh, having all the answers, a self-centeredness. Maybe you're the hero of your own story. Um, so Nebuchadnezzar's uh, idolatry. Okay, uh, let me find it. Here it is. That's idolatry. See, I is the problem there. Uh, pride is so gross, guys. It is something we all struggle with. And I, uh, in pride, right in the middle, it's the I is the problem. So let's look here at verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12 months. He was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the royal dwelling of my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, guys, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And that very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, he was driven from men, and he ate grass like oxen, his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagles, feathers and nails like birds' claws. So God resists the proud, right? James 4, 6, but he gives grace to the humble. Uh, and for your information, guys, he still does. I love it. So verse 29, this 12 months, one year to repent, but he didn't convictions fade slowly um, as the days turn into weeks and weeks into months and months into a year here God's judgment may be slow but it is certain so God's silent doesn't mean that he's asleep his quietness doesn't mean that he doesn't care uh, he does. Uh, sometimes, like a surgeon, okay, God has to hurt us in order to heal us. So walking about his palace, we're told. So one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, Babylon here, uh, he, takes, uh, he takes in this very deep breath, inhale, um, of all his accomplishments. Look at what I have done done and then verse 30 nebi you know is stopped here from ruling babylon and babylon started ruling nebuchadnezzar so nine tenths of babylon itself 19 twentieths of all other ruins are composed of bricks stamped with nebuchadnezzar's name on them he appears to have built or restored almost every city and temple in the whole country. How do I know that? Easton's dictionary told me that. Anyway, he was admiring Babylon's colossal walls, okay, all of its beautiful ceramics. And he was looking at all the beautiful hanging gardens there. 
Um, and he, <laughs> it's considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And I'm sure the king pointed to Babylon's, you know, a uh, thousand yard processional, the 53 temples to Ishtar that they had, the seven story uh, ziggurat, the 10,000 seat banquet hall. Babylon was a reason to boast. Pride made the boaster a beast, and once before it made an angel a devil. That's pretty good. That's Spurgeon. Let me read that again. Pride made the boaster a beast as once before it made an angel a devil. So two problems I want to consider with you guys here that we see. He thought he did it. That's the problem with King Nebuchadnezzar here. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power. Thus, Nebuchadnezzar was struggling or dealing with idolatry. Me. Look what I did. So why did he did it? You know, for the honor of my or his own majesty, we're told. Right? And it's so easy. And look at the house I built. Look at the children I've raised. Look at the newborn baby that I brought into the world. Look at this company that I started. Look at the clientele that I have built up. Look how I've raised my kids. They're awesome. I mean, we can go look at all this stuff that I have done. So he who sings his own praise is usually off key. So if we look at verse 33, we see the royal rug here was pulled under from this conceited king. That very hour, we're told, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men. He ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with dew from heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. So Nebi was no longer playing with a full deck here. Um, this is what C.S. Lewis called severe mercy. It is dealt with by God severely, okay, the disease, but mercy, the stump. Um, there's documented, you know, psychological condition, uh, condition called uh, zoanthropy. Uh, it's a form of mental illness or disorder in which a patient imagines himself to be a beast. Uh, also called lycanthropy or leukos, wolf, anthropos, man, uh, transforming a man into a wolf. We've heard of werewolves, right? Or wolf man or wolverine from <laughs> X-Men. Um, also, there's boanthropy, bovine ox ate grass. He was put out into the pasture. Uh, cyanthropy, dog, eagle's feathers, you know, were those dreads, you know, dread looking stuff. I don't know. Anyways, Christ sends none away empty, but those who are full of themselves. Let me say that again. Christ sends nobody away empty except for those who are full of themselves. So anytime you build something, any size of your own glory, you have the Nebuchadnezzar syndrome. Okay, We're told here, 
finger. I don't even want to talk about the fingernails. You ever see Guinness Book World Record? Ugh, just gross. Anyways, I, I love this. Okay, it's not about mental illness, but it's about divine discipline. That is the point. And that's what I hope you guys see here. Um, in Daniel four, tradition actually tells us um, that Daniel took care of Nebuchadnezzar during this time. Pretty, pretty cool if that was the case. But let's look at Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he praises here in verse 34. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. Man, some of us are so confused, so missing it, <laughs> so deceived. And all we need to do, guys, is look up. Man, look up, okay? That's when we get understanding, and that's when it returned to Nebi. And then what did he do? He blessed the Most High, and he praised, and he honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? So at the end of time, why wait so long here? Okay, at the end of time, why, why after, you know, six months instead? Why wait so long? I want to ask the question, ask yourselves, uh, why, why have you waited so long? How much time did you waste? you know, for the coming of the Lord to spend in a backslidden state. So when he finally felt lower than a speed bump, let's say, he lifted his eyes. Okay, it's kind of like Manasseh, right? Second Chronicles 33. Uh, he had to be brought down <laughs> ground zero before he looked up. Uh, so our first step to sanity, guys, is to look up. Lift your eyes to the heavens. So just like the prodigal uh, son who finally came to his senses, okay, when he was face to face with a hog, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm going to rise. I need to go back to my father. Um, so look at verse 36 here. Nebuchadnezzar is restored. At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, and my splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles uh, resorted to me, and I, or sorry, restored to me, and I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven all of whose works are truth in his ways justice in those who walk in pride he is able to put down so like manasseh his kingdom was restored to him yet this time he gives all glory to the true king of kings right verse 37 um james 4 10 right Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will what? Lift you up.
That's what we do, guys. So what a great track that Nebby wrote here for you and I this morning about his conversion. Um, can you write yours out and share it with somebody? Uh, tell, tell how the Lord changed your heart uh, and gave you a new one. Um, share what he's done. Uh, I believe Nebuchadnezzar is saying to us here what the psalmist uh, said in Psalm 66. I want to close with this this morning. Verse 16 to 20 in Psalm 66. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed my sin in my heart, the Lord would have not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me.